I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. Our show today is brought to you by Grady Carter of Metro Brokers of Oklahoma, and Grady Carter wants to be your homeboy. You can go to homeboyok.com, homeboyok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Grady is the number one guy you go to if you're trying to buy or sell a home in the Oklahoma City area. He knows the metro area very, very well, and he's also a GRI designee, which means that he knows exactly how to get you into the home of your dreams. So not only are you going to be able to buy or sell a home, you're also going to gain a friend because that's the way that Grady operates his entire life is that he lives with his arms wide open and he cares for people. So please support the people that support Down to Dunk and contact Grady at homeboyok.com. Got McKelly Barra on the line. McKelly, what's up? Well, I was about to um, pull out at the last minute, like Minnesota did with Miami, but then I decided to <laughs> go through and uh, actually do this podcast. Man, uh, I don't want, really want to dive into this, but everything about Minnesota is a mess right now. Every yeah. single thing. It's. I feel really bad for their fans because it really, it really looked like they were trending upward as a franchise, yeah. as a team, and now it seems like they're going to kind of be back to building again, which is they're in a better position to do that because you have Carl Anthony Towns, but still you give Andrew Wiggins a huge contract and he's not looked like the best player in preseason. I don't know. I and we're obviously reading way too much into preseason when we say all this, but I mean, it's just, it's a, it's just kind of sad. Well, let's say that the body language is not great. Yeah. And when it, it, it cannot be great in those situations, like, and so, yeah, I'm sorry because I, I, I was really, really high on, uh, on this team. I love Carlton Towns. And so I'm, that's sad. I mean, I hope they, they pull out like a trade where they don't lose everything. Right. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that game to start with was the game mm-hmm. Friday night. Uh, in Minnesota, the Thunder played. It was Paul George's first game back as a as a Thunder player against another team. And I think one thing that's getting lost in all this is that Paul George looks awesome. And yeah. I want to say that from the top because I think we're very much we're more interested in the new things and like the the wings and what they're doing and how Dennis Schroeder is playing and even the way that Stephen Adams has played. I think has gotten more shine. But Paul George looks ready to go. I think he had six yeah. steals. Uh, oh, defensively, which, it was like sensational. Yeah. Nothing short of sensational in the last two games. Offensively, yeah, I mean, you can question a few jumpers. Can, but who cares? I mean, he, he, he looks ready. He looks ready. The shots look amazingly good. I mean, the free throw, I don't know the percentage by from the top of my head, but I guess he was pretty okay. And so, yeah. 
I mean, nine of the nine out of ten against Atlanta, and I don't remember the numbers um, against Minnesota, but it was similar. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that is such a good sign for the Thunder. And they look like a competent team, at least in the preseason, without Russell, which is just almost astonishing because since the Thunder have lost Kevin Durant, they have not been that uh, whenever um, he sits. And so it's nice to see that they can keep their head above water and and at times be dominant on both ends. And so really what's been, we can talk about kind of maybe what's impressed you most in the preseason, but there's, they, have, they can defend like they've shown mm-hmm. the ability to defend and they're going to have to figure out this fouling issue. I think it's a player and an officials issue and they're trying to work it out in the preseason and it's an absolute mess right now because I don't think the officials know exactly what they're doing. So they're just calling everything and the players are trying to get used to it, but it's just the the whole grabbing thing is really thrown off the entire NBA and Mm -hmm. the amount of fouls that are being called on a nightly basis and on game to game basis is just ridiculous. Like it's just out of this world. Yeah. I mean, um, and I don't, I mean, if you want to prevent like the game to be slow, um, I agree with the clear path, even if like they had to review like a thousand times the uh, contact between uh, Patterson and I don't, I don't remember who was the um, the player from for Atlanta. Um, but like this grabbing thing, like the, the way they are um, officiating it now, it slows the game terribly. Yeah. Like so, I I really hope that they they just want to put an emphasis in preseason and say, well, we will be more strict about this. So please adjust. But I I would really I would be really surprised if coming like day one of the regular season they officiate the same way. Yeah. Um, because like sometimes, especially with the amount of screens that you have to guard, it's inevitable. To, to grab, to, to touch, to, to make contact in general um, with, um, with the other players. So it will be hard if they want to officiate it this way. If they want to put an emphasis and say, well, we'll be a little bit more strict uh, during the regular season and now we are, like, say, being as harsh as possible, yeah, that, 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 that can work. Yeah. It's, the, the Thunder want to play a physical brand of basketball and they kind of have yeah. the personnel to do so. And it, it's it's a little infuriating to me because if they're going to call that, it's advantage warriors, right? Like if those are the things that they're going to call when guys are running mm-hmm. around, like just giving a freaking another advantage to the warriors. <laughs> like if you can't be physical <laughs> with them, then you can't beat them. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. it's. I a lot of times these things happen where there's these rule changes. And they call it a ton during preseason and even the first couple of weeks of the regular season. And the players complain enough and the coaches complain enough and the GMs complain enough that it goes away 50%. And then things kind of regulate a little bit where the rule is still in place, but it's like, eh, we're, we're not really following it. It was kind of the same thing with the flopping. You know, yeah. every, when was the last time you heard about someone being fined for flopping? Like it's, it's kind of gone away a little bit. And, Everybody's okay with that. <laughs> I think that yeah. it helps. It probably helped enough during the time that they were finding people left and right. Uh, and maybe this will help some with that. But 
I know they want a more free-flowing game, but I, I think that there's maybe some unintended consequences that come whenever you when you change a rule, it doesn't only just change one thing about basketball. It's going to affect multiple things, and so this is this is one of them. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, how many games will Draymond Green finish with this rule? I mean, he's True. always, always with his hands in the cookie jar, yeah. uh, as Steven, as probably PG. Um, and surprisingly, like, I saw very, very good stuff uh, defensively uh, from Dennis Schroeder. Uh, it was really impressive to see him uh, going over screens every time, uh, like, Granted, it's it's Atlanta, and again, it's uh, a rookie point guard that you have to guard on the other side. But still, um, if this is the way in which he um, thinks his position, like being a, a bulldog defensively with the second unit, because like to be honest, I mean, Trey Young could be a good point guard from the bench. Uh, it's not a good starting point guard yet, and so Dennis Schroeder will probably have this kind of uh, point guards to face, and I thought he was solid and sometimes really helpful on the defensive end, which is something that it wasn't guaranteed, and it's not guaranteed to happen like every night, but it's at least it's something very good um, out of this preseason, I think. Yeah, no doubt, and he's just been flat out impressive in the preseason on both Mm -hmm. ends uh i I think that he's easily their fourth best player and at times he will play like their third best player this season Uh, Mm -hmm. he can obviously score uh very well in a lot of the same ways that russell does uh hopefully he can be a little bit better as a spot-up shooter hopefully they can both be decent spot-up shooters because he has been so far in preseason and again small sample uh we're, we're dealing with a couple teams that aren't playing well and and I'm kind of excited to see them play Milwaukee because Milwaukee's playing pretty well right now. And so Mm -hmm. what what do they look like against a team that's actually decent? Uh, But there's a lot of positivity around this team right now. And I think it's, it's granted and that the Thunder have a guy in shooter that I think is going to understand his role and that is going to play it well and is going to be able to be a big time spark for this team off the bench the Thunder have been missing that greatly, uh, really kind of since Cantor left, uh, mm-hmm. because he could come in and change the game on the offensive end. Um, and now they have Schroeder to come in and do something similar, but from probably a more valuable position off the bench, uh, where he can affect the game night in, night out. And so uh, I think there's a lot, a lot of good things there. Uh, another thing... I think we're going to switch gears here to the wing position. I think a lot of people, you know, we were asked to kind of rank the wings uh, before the preseason started. And I think uh, without Robertson, I think you say like Abrinas and Ferguson and TLC and then maybe Abdul Nader and then Diallo. Uh, I think like Hamadou Diallo has blown that all up. I mean, to be honest, I mean, if you didn't know that Diallo was a rookie, if you weren't watching him thinking, oh, he's a second round pick and he's a rookie, you know, if you were just told that he's just a guy, like if he was was coming from Philly, just like TLC was, and he came in and played like this, I think you'd be like, whoa, like that guy can start, should clearly start above guys like TLC uh, and maybe even Ferguson. 
because he's shown enough defensively and he's shown enough of an ability to think the game on the offensive end where he's cutting, uh, he's getting to the free throw line and making his free throws. He's doing a lot of good things. He's not making outside shots and he's not really taking them, which is exactly what Andre does. I mean, if you're looking for your Andre like placeholder, and I think that it's nice to have an Andre placeholder that is maybe not going to have a significant role after he comes back. Uh, where he the bench kind of stays the same. We talked about this. I mentioned it. Lucas mentioned it. Where you just have this guy who's a placeholder, and then whenever Dre comes back, your bench can kind of stay the same, or maybe he even carves out a role off the bench. But Havana Diallo looks really good. And again, we could be skewed by small sample size. We could be skewed by just these two preseason games against these teams that aren't very good. But to me. I've seen quite a bit from him to make me think that he can play with the starters. Uh, and if that, what, if what they want to do is play fast and get into the fast break and play the passing lanes and be an aggressive defensive team. Uh, I think that if you're, uh, if you're choosing between he and TLC, then I think it's an obvious answer. I think if you're choosing between he and Ferguson, it's less obvious, but I think that mm-hmm. it's, um, it's closer than I would have even imagined it would be. Yeah. And I mean, small samples um, is something that you should be concerned with things that are not completely in your control. So, for example, like you have a high variance when it comes to shooting the ball. Like You can be like a great shooter and still put up like 30 percent, 20 percent on any given night and for a like quite long um, stretch of time, like a week, a month, like Oladipo, who now seems to be the best player on the, um, uh, in the Eastern conference, like rightfully so like until two seasons ago. And even the season he had in Oklahoma city was completely random month to month shooting the ball. And even this year, I think he had like weird splits. So, when you, when you are discussing small samples with shooting, you have to be careful. But there are sure. other stuff, like being solid on the defensive end. I remember us talking about Domas um, in, after the first few weeks of training camp two years ago. And he was extremely solid on defense. Those things are not, um, say, you don't, be, you don't need to worry about the sample size mm-hmm. because these are things completely under your control. The way you slide, the way you pass over screen every time, the way you, at least you want to pass over screen every time, the choices that you make, these are things completely under your control. Yes, of course, if you have Harden instead of like Bazemore to guard, you will be less successful on doing your your own thing. But the point is, like, the choices and the reactions and the instincts that Diallo has defensively and to rebound the ball, which is another very, very important thing for the starting unit, these things, I'm not sure they are really um, uh, sensitive to, to, to small samples. And so I'm not saying that, uh, like Diallo is Robertson because he's clearly not, yeah. but he's doing the right things f- for a guy uh, who is barely 20 and a second round pick. And so like, if, I remember vividly um, a game in which um, in preseason under Robertson guarded DeMar DeRozan and he 
he made all the right choices. And I mean, those things are really uh, a good tell on how a player career could shape. Like, of course, there are circumstances, but I'm I'm really, really high. Uh, this very, very long and probably confused um, sentence of mine, uh, it, it, I wanted to say, I mean, I'm very, very uh, positive on Diallo's um, way to defend and in general his activity on the ball. Yeah, and his he, he's already a very good rebounder for oh, yeah. for a guard, and he just has the motor and the tenacity to just get after it, uh, and he has the nose for the ball too. Like he's he's good. Like I don't yeah. know how I don't know how much he contributes to winning this season, but. Mm-hmm. After a few games of just watching him, and even you know, we we saw him in summer league, and I, I think that you you can write off a lot of summer league stuff, and I think there's even a lot you can write off in the preseason. But the things that we've seen him do, the things that have impressed me the most is his tenacity on defense, his ability to handle the basketball uh, mm-hmm. competently, uh, his offensive rebounding, and like, mm-hmm. those are the things that have impressed me the most about him, and it's not just a hot shooting streak. It's not just, he's, you know, dominating these terrible players. Like he's, he's doing things that are, that he can replicate. Just like you said, um, when I, like you were, you were spot on about the small sample stuff, because maybe the stuff he's doing, isn't a small sample issue at all. Maybe it's, maybe this is just the kind of player that he is. And if he can expand his game from the inside out, then you're talking about a really valuable player, uh, if he can't ever shoot it, like similar to Dre, you know, obviously you can still have a lot of value, uh, but it becomes more difficult from that position um, to to extract that value. You have to be elite at those things. Yeah. But, but if he could be a placeholder type of guy, that's kind of all the Thunder need right now. Because I think Alex Sabrinas is playing well enough that him coming off the bench, he can come in and he can soak up a lot of minutes. Uh, and then same, I, I don't really know what to think about TLC. I haven't been overly impressed with him. The Thunder, you know, have decided to not give him an extended look during the preseason. And I don't know exactly why. I don't know if they already know what they need to know about him and they're going to play him or that they know what they need to know about him and they're not going to play him. I, I really don't know. Um, but it's just been interesting to see the choices that Billy's made with these wings throughout this process. Yeah. And I mean, last year I was uh, kind of uh, on the train of like, let's play Abrinas with the starters because like with the second unit, you have Felton isolating, you have Paul George, blah, blah, blah. Now that you have Dennis uh, leading the second unit, I I think it makes sense for Abrinas to be on the court with the second unit mm-hmm. uh, because like Dennis Somebody's going to pass him the ball, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> and Dennis needs space yeah. the same way as Russ does. And so you, your best two shooters, yes, the best two shooters, uh, Abrinas and George, um, they can play together. I I, I assume it, it, it is healthy for OKC to play them at least five minutes together. But if they are kind of staggered to give shooting to both units, that this year, this makes sense. So I'm not really against having uh, Abrinas uh, coming off the bench. I want, I, I would like to see the effect 
uh, of Abrinus with the first unit because I think it can give like a, a very good spark in terms of spacing. Like last uh, last night, it was clear to me. Sometimes um, Schroeder was uh, just guarded by one player because Alex's defender was on the corner with him uh, um, within three feet of Alex. And so that is really important. If you have Ferguson, if you have Diallo, that will not happen. Uh, on one end, Diallo can cut. And so you can say, ah, you can do different things. You can create space anyway. But still, um, I think Alex is valuable and it makes sense to to have him uh, off the bench. And Diallo gives you that opportunity. And I think like uh, it's a safe bet to say that against Milwaukee, he could start uh, due to Ferguson um, concussion protocol. Yeah, I think that he will. Uh, yeah, and I... I mean, it, it's it's really nice to have Ferguson and Diallo in this situation where you kind of believe in what they both could be. And, mm-hmm. if you, and if you can have two wings that are developing at, you know, 19 and 20 years old, or I guess they're both, are they both 20? Yeah, they're both 20, 1998. Yeah. So at 20 years old, to have two wings that are kind of developing alongside each other, like that's that's a valuable thing. Like honestly, you can never have enough NBA wings, and I think that was kind of what the Thunder were trying to aim for this summer. Is like let's just get as many of these guys in as we can, and let's see who rises to the top. And I think that you look at Diallo, and it, I, I I still feel like I've seen enough good things from Ferguson, even in the preseason, mm-hmm. to where I'm like, yeah, this guy he can play. And then you have Abrinas. So you have those three guys and they're all kind of sh- more shooting guards than anything. I think maybe Diallo can slide over to the small forward. Um, maybe Abrinas at times because he does have pretty decent size. Uh, but still, to have options there is is something the Thunder have needed for a long time. And maybe some of this fades away as the season goes along because I think we've gotten excited about who they have on the wing at times. Like, example, Josh Eustace. Uh, who, mm-hmm. tur- who turned out to kind of t- deteriorate as the season went along last year. But these guys are a little bit different. He's just 26 years old. Uh, these guys are 20, and they have a ton of their NBA career ahead of them. And so I'm, I'm excited to see them. Uh, also, Deontay Burton played. He's played some decent minutes over the past couple of games. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it's pretty clear what the Thunder think of him. I think it's pretty clear... Uh, that his role is going to be with the Oklahoma city blue this season. And I think yeah. that's, and that's okay that because it doesn't mean that it's over for his NBA career. I think that they want to see him develop a shot. If he can, sh- yeah. if he could ever shoot it, which I think is a big if then he can play in the NBA, but if he can't mm-hmm. shoot it, if he can't get his shot mechanics to be consistent uh, from shot to shot, I, I I think that he's probably a, he's a fringe type of guy, which we already knew that. Um, and he's probably not going to play. So, uh, but I like him. I think he's a fun player. Uh, everybody kind of, uh, he, he's like one of my favorite guys to watch just because I think he's such an interesting guy. Cause he's like, he's a point guard with like power forward size. And he's, he's just an interesting player. Uh, but I, I don't think he's playing for this team this year. I think that uh, because guys like Hamadou Diallo have shown what they have, I, I don't think that there's room for him. No, and again, it doesn't make sense to, to give him a contract uh, as of now. It doesn't make sense for OKC no. at all. Right. Like, um, 
say that the like it it could happen i hope it doesn't that uh we won't see under on the court this season it's um it's not a non zero probability um thing because i mean he's he suffered already a setback he will be probably on the court by january and who knows um and so it makes it makes sense to have a roster spot open um going to the deadline and so i think they will likely and gladly um, give Barton a few runs uh, in his 45 days with the team and well, of course if he starts to play like crazy good with the, with the G League they they can do that then but I, I don't see it now mm. to be um, a real opportunity yeah yeah it's it's uh, personally sad for me uh, but it's just that's the way it's going to be. Like I just, yeah, I, I, I bet I bet he plays more than TLC, so it's sad for me as well. Yeah, t- the TLC stuff is getting kind of weird. Like I thought mm-hmm. that he'd come in and have a chance to play, uh, and he's like he's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he, he's, he's, he hasn't flashed anything big time. His he's one of the best uh, shoot, shooters that misses everything. Like he just. I don't know. I haven't seen, and he'll have hot nights, I'm sure, where he hits four or five from three if given the chance. But so far, like his, his shot looks really nice, and it just never goes in. Yeah, I, I just don't like him as a player. Okay. Like, I, <laughs> explain. It, it, no, it's like you have a very, very good body type because he's six seven, long arms. Um, He's slim. He's, he's not uh, like too heavy. Right. He moves well on the court. Uh, he can cut. But then you look at what it does uh, at an NBA level and say, can he defend really at an NBA level? Yeah, you can say, yeah, maybe. Or you say, can he hit shots? Yeah, maybe on some nights. Those players rarely um, succeed because the the maybe stuff is what I think should and, and, and does uh, worry um, coaches, uh, right. especially a coach like Billy Donovan. They, they want consistency. They don't give consistency to you, but they want consistency, consistency out of you. And uh, I think that the way this preseason is um, shaping out, I think it's clear that Donovan likes what Diallo does uh, on any given night. Like he, he plays within himself. He doesn't take shots that he should not take. He cuts uh, with good cut time. I mean, and he really, really plays hard on defense. Um, I, I didn't see these things from TLC. And like, I prefer if I have to give like 10 to 15 minutes, I prefer to give him to a guy like Ferguson who, who shown like, um, a pass after two or three dribbles, yeah. uh, a smooth shot, stuff like that. Like, uh, I don't see the clear potential for a starting uh, two guard or, or or small forward, and not uh, and not even a great backup. And so uh, he may surprise me, um, but I don't know. Like Bill will give him real chances this season, giving the others uh, that are developing um, in the wing on the wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, compared to Diallo and Ferguson, DLC just doesn't look like he plays hard. Yeah, and like it's training camp. You should really, it's preseason. You should really try, especially with with the situation. Like there is no better situation 
for you to get a real NBA starting job than the standard decision because they need a guy who is long enough to play the same way Robertson does and that can add shooting. Um, the, like the, the play, the, the, the starting position is up for grab and you play like with less energy than the other guys that are uh, battling you. Like this is not going to work and it's not a good signal. Maybe he can't do that. I don't know, but it's like even Abrinas plays more, plays harder on defense. I yeah. saw him like taking context, like um, don't shy away from like good defensive positions uh, and, and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. And, and maybe that's just the kind of guy he is because mm-hmm. he, he pouted in, in Philly whenever he lost his starting job up there and played really well when he did start. And I think that he may just be a guy that wants something handed to him and the Thunder are like, sorry, dude, like we've got a ton of guys here that are competing for your same spot. And that's what we expect out of you. I think that that's how you see like who's, how are you going to get these minutes distributed? Oh, it's, we're going to see who plays the hardest. (laughs) We're going to see who makes the right decisions. And I, I don't think that TLC has made necessarily wrong decisions, but there's just something about him watching him over the past few games that you're just like, eh, like that's, that's all I've thought about him is like, yeah, like, you know, yeah. he took, he took yeah. open shots. That's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like that's what he, I, that's about the only thing I can think of that he's done well is take open shots. Yeah. Um, and miss, have you, have, and miss you, have you seen, have you watched the, the show community? I have not. No. no okay. <laughs> there was a one character that always says, yeah, that's nice. It's, it's basically the description of DLC. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to have him. Like it's uh, maybe, but I, I don't know. Um, doesn't give me confidence uh, at all. And so, yeah. yeah, and the and and maybe you know this preseason could have played out differently, where Diallo looks like a second round pick, and Ferguson mm-hmm. does get a concussion. You're like, you know what? Like TLC might be the best option, but that's just yeah. not that's just not the case. Like Diallo has shown. And maybe I'm going overboard on him. I don't know. I can't. I can't tell yet where <laughs> where I'm at with this guy. But I just have been so impressed with him as a player, and the, the team has too. I mean, Paul George talked about it last night, and Paul George said the same stuff about Terrence Ferguson, where you know he he reminds me a lot of myself at that age. <laughs> And so maybe that's just something that he Paul George remember. He right. doesn't remember who he was in that age, right. probably. <laughs> maybe that's just something that he says about guys. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Paul George just sometimes he just says stuff. And so I don't, I don't know. He said it about Ferguson last year. He's saying about Diallo this year. Maybe the Thunder have two good players on their hands, or maybe he's just too generous with his words. I don't know. Um, but also Stephen Adams kind of gushed yeah. about him too. And so yeah, I'm like, that's, like that's, that's important. right. If, if it was just Paul and Steven's like, yeah, he's okay. Then, then that would probably be my take. But Steven Adams talked a lot about him after the game mm-hmm. last night. And it's like, okay, like I, that's what I, that's what I saw on the court. And he kind of confirmed that that's happening also behind the scenes and that he's been impressive, but like in practice and stuff like that, it's just been like, all right, I'm kind of all in on this on this guy. I think he's going to play. Um, I seriously do think he's going to play in the regular season, which is something that I did not think uh, two weeks ago at all. I just thought that he would sit and probably play with the blue, but he's he seems more like a guy that's going to be an NBA player. And, and to be honest, the, the bar is really low when it comes to a thunder wing. 
uh, because mm-hmm. the Thunder haven't had great wings alongside their their stars really ever. You know, like Thomas mm-hmm. Afalosha is probably the best, and then like Kevin Martin, and then like who else? You've had point guards that have played next to them that have been good, and Reggie Jackson, and now you have Dennis mm-hmm. Schroeder. But like as like a pure wing, they haven't really had it. And so yeah. you can bring in a guy like Corey Brewer off the scrap heap and it's like, whoa, like Corey Brewer does stuff. It's like, yeah, like <laughs> these guys should be like pretty good. Like these are NBA players. And so the bar is low for guys like Diallo and Ferguson, but still if they're, they can develop, like I said, at 20 years old and come year three with this crew, uh, because we, which is a great thing to be able to say as a Thunder fan that year three of the core of Russ, Steven Adams and Paul George. If you have those guys at 23, like what do they look mm-hmm. like? Like they yeah. could be, these could be good rotation players to like really good rotation players. Yeah. Yeah. And sure enough, he will be embarrassed by Giannis or by Middleton against Milwaukee. And we yeah. will, probably well, <laughs> well i mean but that's like par for the course but that's that's how yes, that's how the that's, nba works like you're gonna get embarrassed just like like a exactly. good point like a good starting point guard is gonna get embarrassed by russell westbrook you yeah, know it's just right. it's all about effort and if we can see the same type of effort from diallo if, if all i see is the effort against a guy like Giannis, because i'm sure that he'll get matched up against him at some point and certainly against middleton uh if he can just show some good effort and make some good decisions like i'm good i don't care if he scores on you every time uh you just it's all about decision making it's all about consistency and even if that doesn't result in the right thing for your team if you're still practicing and doing the right things like that's okay you're you're gonna get better but just continue to do the right things uh but kelly i want to tell you about andy's frozen custard who's the sponsor of today's show Right now, you can go to Andy's, gaze through their window as they're making their custard fresh hour by hour, and they're going to cut a piece of pumpkin pie, they're going to put it in a cup, and they're going to mix in their vanilla frozen custard and make their pumpkin pie concrete, and it's unbelievable. You get the little bits of crust in there, you get the pumpkin pie mixed in with the vanilla frozen custard and it's just so so delicious you can get all sorts of concretes from andy's frozen custard chocolate all sorts of candy uh my four-year-old son likes to just put sprinkles in it it, it, it's just good everything there is just delicious i try to take my kids to get other ice cream from other shops and they're just like dad like I've, I've been ruined because the only thing that I want is Andy's because we have it here in Oklahoma city and we, that's just the only place that we can go now. So it's just that good support the people that support down to dunk and eat at Andy's frozen custard. All right, McKelly, I asked for questions last night uh, and I got quite a few. So let's go through uh, as many of these as we can. Uh, this is from at C Kelly zero. What are your predictions for Steven's numbers this year? He looks like he has added even more to his offensive game, especially the footwork in the post. Uh, I don't know about the numbers. I would say something like um, 15 plus 11. Yep. That would be um, 
that to me that would be a good season for him. Uh, I expect him to do more than that, um, but I want to see how how the rotation sh- shapes out. And because the more space he has, the better this, this number will look like. And like with Dennis, they played okay. Like they played very good pick and rolls. I, I think I, I have to see um, what is the packing order in terms of offense when Russ comes back. Yeah. So how many, how many uh, plays Russ gives to Steven uh, and how many minutes Stevens actually plays with the second unit with Dennis. Um, that could be important as well. But I think that placing the bar to like 15 and 11 is something uh, that could be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, last season he was, he was 14 and nine and then with a steal and a block man i i tend to think he can get to 17 mm-hmm. wow yeah and maybe i'm you wrong it, it's all depend. you mentioned this it's all dependent on what adams does um or how many touches he gets and how many times he's he's given the ball and last season he averaged nine field goal attempts a game. If we can bump that up to 11 or 12, uh, he obviously gets there. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Like last season, uh, Carmelo Anthony took 15 shots a game. And how many is Dennis going to take? Is Dennis going to take 12? If he takes 12 a game, then you can redistribute those to, to Steve. Uh, and so I, I'm just... I just think that he needs to have the ball more. I think he needs to take more shots. I think that this team is a better team when he's taking 10 plus shots a game. Uh, he's scored with efficiency. He doesn't take shots that he know he, he won't take shots that he knows that he shouldn't. Uh, he's only going to take high efficiency shots. And so, mm-hmm. and he showed like he works towns in the post and which it's cool to see that happen. Also, Carl Anthony Towns is not shown to be the greatest defender in the world uh, so far in his NBA career. Uh, nor is Alex Lynn. Nor is Alex Lynn. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally true. <laughs> totally true. Uh, he killed his uh, former, uh, or I guess his uh, draft class mate. Yeah. Uh, but man, I just think that Steven is such a big part of this team. And he's, we talk about decision making, like the dude makes the right decision almost every time. Uh, yeah, and his rebounding has been out of this world so far uh, in the preseason. To me, he looks bigger. To me, he looks a lot stronger, which is kind of a crazy thing to say about say about Stephen Adams. But uh, he just is bullying everybody, and whenever his minutes tick up to thirty plus, I mean, he's to me he's he should put up a seventeen and ten. I get that. I don't think that's unrealistic. Uh, uh, it just is going to depend on Russell. It's going to depend on Billy, uh, making sure that he gets the ball enough. And I think that at this point he, he deserves to have it. And he, and he, you know what? He may go get it anyways, because this team is not going to be the greatest shooting team in the NBA. They're going to be middle, mm-hmm. middle of the pack or worse. And when you're the best offensive rebounding center in the NBA, like you're going to go get it and you can go get your own. And to me, that's, that's where in the post or like under the basket, he's shown a little bit more than he did last season to me is his ability to go and find the basket right after, because there's a lot of times that he'll grab the board and he's just looking and he gets Mm -hmm. the ball swatted away from him or he loses it somehow. Uh, To me, he's got to be real decisive with the basketball. Once he gets it, Um, they even try to get to the free throw line, even though he's not a great free throw shooter, but at least get there. Um, 
so anyways, uh, Steven Adams, I, I think that we still haven't seen his ceiling. Uh, and I don't know if we will this season, but I think we're going to get closer. Uh, and I think that he's going to show a lot. And we knew that last season he was the third best player in this team. And now everybody knows it, which is a nice thing. Yeah. And to be honest, this season he could really be uh, more aggressive on defense. Um, because, I mean, like the worst thing is... Nero Snell comes comes in and plays if he's in foul trouble. Yeah. Last season, uh, like Steven had to manage himself a lot. Yeah. Because if you take him out of the equation, if you took him out of the equation, uh, the defense was like terrible. Now, like Noel is not flashy. Again, he's not like uh, um, the greatest offensive player, but he, he can reasonably guard NBA player. Uh, NBA players. And so I do think that Steven could play better on defense, could be more aggressive on uh, blocking shots and stuff like that. And so, yeah, maybe that will translate in having uh, even a better defensive season than last season, which was already a good one. Yeah. Noel's been impressive too. Uh, He's, yeah, he's clearly a backup center in this, in the, in the NBA and has the potential to maybe be a little bit more, Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like he's going to be in a really nice role for him this season, and he's gonna he's gonna be able to defend, and he's gonna be able to eat up some of these some of these benches. Um, even as an offensive player, he can do a little bit. So uh, that's exciting. The Thunder have a lot of pieces, and it's nice to get a free agent to come in and to be able to contribute because the Thunder just haven't really done that in the past has either been through trade or been through the draft, but to get a guy who's ready to play now, uh, for, for nothing, you don't have to give up any assets to get him. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a huge thing. That's how a lot of these yep. teams get better is that they're just able to bring in guys. And so for the thunder to do that, uh, I think is, it's tremendous and it's going to be a huge help. Uh, this is from at, Caller or Kaler underscore Campbell uh, says most of your polls have shown Abrinas to be the favored starter for Robertson, though it's unlikely to happen. Do you think that he may be likely to average 20 plus minutes this season, even if he comes off the bench? No, 20 is too much. Um, I would be happy if he gets like 15 consistent minutes, 19 and nine out. Yeah. Like that, that to me is. Like Abrinas can be productive in 15 to 16 minutes. Um, and uh, I, I think that if Billy is um, willing to give him like consistent time, we will, sh- we will see the benefit of it. Uh, 20 is too much. There, there are probably with, with Dennis playing some uh, shooting guard or, well, playing alongside Russ, you don't have those minutes. Um, PG will play 30, will play 35 and Russ and Schroeder probably will play around 30. And so there are not too many minutes to be taken. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that 15 consistent minutes is a good number for Alex. Yeah. And with, with the team and with Billy really liking Ferguson and with Diallo kind of emerging, you're not going to get to 20. There's just no way. Um, which is good. Well, I think is ultimately like a good thing that the Thunder have good options there. Um, also, I don't, I don't know what Alex Sabrinas' conditioning is at this point. He looked pretty gassed uh, mm-hmm. the other night against the Timberwolves, and that, that will obviously get better. Um, but 15 minutes is good, and, and maybe there's a 
random night here and there where he plays 20, 25 minutes because they just, he's hot and he's playing good defense and they need him. Uh, and nobody else is playing well. I mean, that will happen. Uh, what will really be interesting to me is what happens when Robertson gets back, you know, yeah. you know, in mid January, like what does this team look like? Like hopefully, hopefully by that time, everyone's fully healthy. And that's something that's, hasn't really been discussed a lot or I haven't heard discussed is that, you know, like the Robertson stuff really sucks. Uh, but like the silver lining is like if the thunder are fully healthy in January and February, like we, you know, that's what we missed last year is getting to see them move into, you know, the latter parts of the season fully healthy. And so hopefully the thunder are blessed and lucky enough to have that happen for them. Um, but if Robertson can get back to the guy that he was, uh, then what is, is a able to hang on to his minutes? Uh, and that's something that I have a lot of questions about. Um, I thought he's pl- he's played really well. The, the team needs his shooting. Um, a huge Alex, a believer. Uh, but I think the team ultimately has more belief set in the future of Terrence Ferguson and, I, I don't know exactly where they stand with Diallo, um, but I would gander that they would probably lean he- heavier on Diallo because he's definitely a, a piece for the future for this team. And Alex Abrinas is an expiring contract. And mm-hmm. are they going to try to bring him back? Are they? I don't know. I really have no idea. Um, he doesn't exactly fit the Thunder profile uh, as like the Thunder profile for a wing is your crazy athletic and you're a good defender and you make good decisions and you really don't have to shoot the basketball <laughs> like that's <laughs> and Alex Sabrinas is like he's a he's a guy that makes good decisions and can really shoot the basketball and I definitely lean toward those type of guys like those are the players that I really like the most are good decision making guys that can shoot it and then you can teach them how to defend but the thunder work from the other end and so uh I don't I don't know what the future of Alex Sabrinas is with the Oklahoma City Thunder, but uh, as far as now, between now and January, I would expect 15 minutes-ish. Yeah. All right, next question from at Presti4Prez. Who are the top three contenders for sixth man of the year aside from Schroeder? Because I'm totally unbiased and know with certainty that he'll be in the running. Well, if he plays like that, yeah, he will mention. I don't know if uh, he will be in the top three, but like he has the the chances to to be um, in the discussion for sure. If he plays like that, um, I would start with uh, probably the same, like the usual name, like the usual names, like Eric Gordon. Yeah, Eric if Gordon. Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't start, Terry Rozier. I think is a good name. Yeah. Um, who else? I mean, Lou Williams, if he's not starting, yes. will be a guy that's in the running because he's going to score a lot. Yeah. Um, from the Lakers, uh, I don't know, maybe Kyle Kuzma, if he starts uh, mm-hmm. off the bench, which is likely at this point. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Thomas, if he can get healthy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yes. Um, Van Vliet, if Toronto has another spectacular season. But I, yeah. I, I don't know. That's Van Vliet's like a guy that people that are super smart basketball people will talk about, but he won't make the mainstream talks, yeah. you know? Yeah. Other names, I don't know. Um, Carmelo Anthony. Oops, sorry. sorry. 
<laughs> he did come off the bench last night yes. uh, for Houston, which, you know, it's frustrating to see that he'll do that for another team. But again, like we've noted the differences, like Chris Paul is on that team and Chris Paul is one of his best friends. And when your best friend asks you to do something, it means a lot more than just a guy who's your buddy asks you to do something, you know? And so we'll, we'll see. I think, I mean, we've talked about Mello ad nauseum and we know that he's going to, he's at times going to shoot the ball pretty well for them, but he's still the same guy. Like he's still going to have his defensive deficiencies. And so can he, uh, help more than he hurts the team? And my answer is I have no idea. And so we'll see. Oh, you know, another dark horse Who's that? for this Domas. Yeah, he's played really well in the preseason and I I don't Miles Turner feels like he's stagnated a little bit. Maybe he'll show more this season being in better shape, but like Domas is good. He's yeah. he's really good. And <laughs> Domas is really good. We were you were early on him and he's he's going to be really solid for them and he's going to do a lot of really good things for them. And his passing, his rebounding, his scoring acumen uh would probably look really good in the starting lineup next to those other guys. And so Miles Turner has some big time competition coming and Domas and Domas with his short arms, he's not going to be able to protect the rim like Miles Turner does. Um, but still like he does everything else really well. So yeah, if he, if he average like 14 or 15 plus nine, 10 of the bench, he should be in the discussion and yeah, like it's it's not a sure thing to happen, but um, like last season was already really good, like eleven, almost twelve points and eight rebounds. And I think this season he could play more and have more uh, good results. And so, yeah, I love Domas, so I'm biased. And so everything that like nothing makes sense. <laughs> uh, but kind of back to the question, I think Dennis Schroeder will be in the running and we'll have a chance to win. I yeah. really do. I think that he's going to, he's, he's shown enough to me where, especially defensively, I think that we kind of knew ish what we get offensively and he's been better than I thought he'd be. And then if he can play defense off the bench, like he's a shoe in to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This is from Ben Elephant King. How many games into the season before Donovan falls in love with Diallo's effort and starts using him over Abrinas? Uh, isn't it already happened like it, yesterday yeah i mean <laughs> no, he used no. him, he, well he did use him over abrinus yesterday yeah i mean like i he's he's a thunder guy i mean diallo is a thunder wing he's the guy the kind of guy that they look for so i <laughs> i think that it's very soon that we'll see that yeah yeah and again this year actually makes sense to play abrinus the way billy used him in the last two games so it's not like where where is the best spot for Diallo and Abrinas to succeed? And probably Diallo with the starters and Abrinas can play with the bench to give space and to allow the second unit to have both uh, Noel and Grant on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, same question. This is from Jesse Smith, Ben Elephant King. He asked basically similar to what you just answered. He, he's asking if Schroeder's going to assist to the to the corner more, um, having Alex on the second unit. I think the answer is yes. I think that there will be more assisted shots in the second unit, period. 
because I mean, we've, and we've seen it again with Felton. Like the dude is, he's a good NBA player. He's solid, but he looks for his own shot more than he does try to get other people involved. And that's just kind of his role. That's the player that he is. The Thunder know that. And that's okay. I think he still has a role in this team at times, but, uh, Schroeder, he has really good court vision. And mm-hmm. so I think that matters when he's playing in a pick and roll with Noel, I think he's going to find guys and he's going to attract the attention of the defense and he's going to kick out. And so, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's the case. Uh, one more from Ben Elephant King. How big of a role do you think lineup data plays in Donovan's rotation decisions? Um, I actually had a discussion um, with Billy directly uh, after when I was in OKC last season. And I think it plays a huge role. Like Billy is a really analytical guy, and uh, but what how Billy approaches lineup data um, is incredibly smart, and is the way everyone should approach lineup data. And is like when I have numbers that tell me something, I don't trust them entirely. I want to know why those numbers are the way they are, and sometimes this can be time consuming and sometimes you probably should trust lineup numbers a bit more uh, especially when the sample is, is okay because they are telling you something like for example Abrinus's shooting uh, is important for other stuff not exactly related to shooting um, such as fritos but other times it helps you find ways to to correct stuff like for example the NS Kanter plus Steven Adams thing is uh, the main example of it like that lineup for the entire season was horrible it was horrible because uh, horrible playing against certain type of units but not so horrible playing against like two big men lineups and Billy tried it with uh, against the Spurs and it worked perfectly and so when you have lineup data you you don't just have to stop at the plus or minus uh, you have to dig to dive deep and understand why that minus is there and why that plus is there and when uh, those um, like features of the lineup actually help you yeah yeah i think you're you're spot on it's it's a piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. it's not just you know he does he's not going to make a decision purely on lineup data and i've asked him stuff similar to what you did throughout last season and mostly referencing guys like either Brinos or Josh Hustis who end up looking pretty good in lineup data. But I think that Billy, you're right. He handles it in the right way is that he looks at it and then he tries to explore it more with on the court, with film, with, with a lot of things, you know, it's not, you can't just, you can't lean on one thing or another. You have to use it all, especially if you're an NBA coach. You can't just look at, go to NBA.com and scroll through lineup data and be like, all right, there's my lineup right there. You know, you have to, you have to look at how even the human element plays into it. Like, how do these guys mm-hmm. play together? Do they like each other? Do they, you know, function as like a family? Are they a good, are they, you know, helpful to one another? And if they are, great. You can you can put that in there. But the lineup data is definitely just a piece of the puzzle that should be used and it is certainly used by Billy Donovan. Like the mm-hmm. he he loves yeah. analytics and he that's one of the reasons that Billy or that uh, Sam hired Billy is that he uses analytics in his coaching. So Yeah, and uh, one thing quickly, uh, there are, there is another thing that we never take into discussion, which is like Habrinus's health. 
if you if you put your eggs in a basket and say, well, now I give the starting job to a brilliant, um, and the, 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 the guy is placed in a certain way, um, if a brilliant is not reliable from a health standpoint and he is in and out of the of the rotation because of that giving him a bench uh, role it's probably better than give him a starting role uh, on and off because he's not chris paul he will not be he will not bring your unit to be the best unit it will help surely and so also these these other uh, side arguments that you can have are so important to coaches and i think that abrinus's conditioning and health um, has never been solid and constant throughout his um uh, two years here in OKC, and I think that plays a role as well in in how Billy's handle um, their their rotations. Yeah, it's you can't talk about Alex Sabrinas without talking about his health. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been it's been a big issue for him um, yeah. since, since he's come over to the NBA, and so hopefully he can have a healthy season. But it, he's already had back spasms and. You know, there's going to be some kind of issue with him at some point. And, and maybe that's why you don't give him a ton of minutes is because you don't know if his body can handle it. So Exactly. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, this is from at Watson Paul 24. He talks about shooters defense, which you've already mentioned that uh, you've been impressed with it. Uh, the way that he fights over screens and the uh, his defensive ability uh, has been really nice. And so I think that that's a huge plus. Uh, another question from Watson Paul 24 uh, chances Burton is already a better backup point guard than Raymond Felton uh, I, in my head like I like to say yes because I like Deontay Burton uh, but the answer is clearly no um, Raymond Felton has been in the NBA for a long time and has proven it over and over again that he's an NBA player like he's been in the NBA and he's been a part of every single, every single team he's been a part of. He's been a part of the rotation. Uh, Deontay Burton has played good in the summer league, uh, Korean league MVP and didn't make the Timberwolves last year. You know, like that's, I, I think that and I've been a part of this and it's just all, to me, it's all in good fun, but I think we've gone overboard on Deontay Burton. Like he's, he's a fun player. His, his, his body type and his game type is really interesting. Uh, but he's he's got a long ways to go before he's an NBA rotation player. And also, I don't think that he's a point guard, like by any, by any means. I know yeah, that he's he a likes wing. to hand. Yeah. yeah, he should play as a wing, as a secondary ball handler, as a guy who can screen for you and then make as a, t- a decision, um, both as a screener or as a handler. Um, but like, if you if you want to to have like a quick thought about him being a backup point guard better than, than Felton. Think about this. Like players will always go under screens, not even go under. They will stay like two or three, um, I would say meters, but it's like six feet away from him and dare him to shoot. If you do the same with Raymond Felton, like Ray with space is a, is a decent to good shooter. He can hit like 35, 36% of his, uh, wide open shots. And that's enough. Uh, to say that he cannot play as a point guard in the NBA. He can be like, again, a secondary ball handler. Yes. He can be uh, like um, one day um, a guy that plays a very uh, weird role because of his body type. Um, Yes, that can, that can happen. And maybe it will happen next season because his development will be great in the D league. But now, no, 
Like, uh, and even on defense, like there is a huge difference between him and Diallo. And Diallo is not like a, a great defensive player. It's just a player who we are saying is good for, for uh, a second round pick. And well, it, it's it's okay what we saw from Diallo defensively. And I don't think that burden is there. So, no, to me, that's uh, is a, it's a big no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and the Thunder have already invested in Diallo with a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Deontay is a, he's a two way guy. He's a guy that's going to play for the blue and they're going to see if they can develop him. And if they can, wonderful. If they can't, they haven't invested a whole lot into him. And so yeah. it's, it's definitely wait and see with him. Uh, although he is like a super fun player. Uh, okay. Let's see. We've kind of talked a lot about rotations. Melinda Redmond asked us about rotations. Uh, we've talked a lot about that already. Uh, at Ben Varhees, uh, he asked about TLC. We we talked kind of a lot about him as well. Uh, he His sentiment is that he's been underwhelming. Yes, he has been underwhelming. And he just might be kind of an underwhelming player. Like that may be the kind of NBA player that he is. And you know, maybe he'll have a, probably a role in and out, uh, which he may be frustrated with, but that's that may be the kind of player that he is for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if there's anything else that's different than we've already discussed. Uh, from at Dakari Sanchez, outside of Westbrook, is there anyone on the roster with a higher motor than Diallo? Uh, feels like every preseason game thus far, he's been going at 100 miles an hour when he's on the floor. Yeah, well, I think that uh, Grant is a good mother, probably, but I don't know. He has a very good mother, Diallo. Let's put it this way. I, yeah. I cannot compare, mainly because they do different stuff on the court. But he's a, for being a guard, he's a pretty high mother. Surely higher than what Ferguson has on defense, for example. Yeah. Uh, Steven Adams, also like crazy high motor. It just, yeah. looks, it just yeah. looks different from a guy that's a literal giant. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You have you have to have to offensive rebound like he does. Like you have to have a high motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he's but he's been great. Like he's he's been engaged. And to be honest, that's what it takes to become even the starting level shooting guard for the Thunder when Robertson's out. Is are you engaged defensively? If you are, wonderful. And if you're making the right decisions, seventy five, eighty percent of the time, great. You can start. <laughs> Yeah, the job is and yours, you, and he makes it. He makes free throws. That is, and he great. makes free throws. Right. I mean, I hopefully yeah. that can continue. But yeah, I mean, that's been a huge thing for this team. It's just making your dang free throws. It's been really <laughs> nice to see that they can do that because that's how you make that. You know, the run that they did in the third quarter is that you get the free throw line, you make your free throws, and you play just outstanding defense. The rest of the time, you have guys like Paul George and Dennis Schroeder, and you're going to have Russell Westbrook, and you have Steven Adams. Like, you're going to score the basketball. But if you can, when the game is stopped and you have the ball at the free throw line, if you can put the ball in the basket, that is going to make these games a lot easier, especially against these bad teams. It's just nice to see that the Thunder can come out in the third quarter and you know just destroy a team because last season mm-hmm. it was the opposite it was they come out and they're sluggish in the third quarter and that's a big thing for this team and i've seen 
way more effort from everybody on the defensive end throughout the entire game, which I think was the difference last season is that the effort wasn't always there. And so can they show effort uh, night in night out with, with the defense? And if they do great, like you're going to, you're going to kill the teams like Atlanta and Orlando and Brooklyn and teams like that you're going to. And so hopefully they can continue that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Johnny Ho 34. Can you guys talk through whatever silver linings you see with Dre's injury setback? Um, to me, I, we kind of talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, development of Diallo is a big one. Um, also that the injury happened now and not later in the season that maybe they can be the best versions of themselves come April. Um, there's, there's stuff there, but obviously you'd just rather it not happen at all. Yeah. And th- there's, um, another thing which is related to what you said is you don't build a system dependent on, on Andre. You, right. you put more emphasis on, uh, the job that every player should do. And, um, because like Andre can cover up for a ton of things like the same, not the same way, but close to the same way as KD can cover up a ton on offense like the um when he was in okc like you can put like three chairs russell and kd and that would have been like a, a, a probably an elite offense the same way you can do with andre um but not having him and then including him mid-season as uh, an important part but not the fundamental part to me, that is very, very important. And uh, if OKC can sustain uh, a good defensive um, like rating without him, then when uh, they will integrate him, uh, him back would be like even more important um, because he's a, it, it would be like a surplus, uh, like something that you have and it's great, but you don't absolutely need it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that is a silver lining as well. Yeah. And that's why you see so many coaching changes. I'm convinced of that is that the team and that the front office sat back and thought, man, we love Dre and he's awesome, but he's not this awesome. Like he's not this important. There's just no way. And so I think that they were disappointed in the way that the coaching staff and the team responded when Dre went down. And so they made some changes and they went and they got some more wings and they were like, all right, let's try this again. And I think they knew they weren't going to have Dre to start the season. They didn't think it was going to be quite this long, but I think they're just like, okay, even you have even longer now to get this figured out. And Andre Robertson cannot be the MVP of this team. Like he just mm-hmm. no. can't, cannot. If he is, no, no. then we're heading for another first first round and out. I, I'm I just don't think that they can get past the first round again if they if they depend on Andre that much. And maybe Andre's back and they don't and they do depend on him and he helps them get to second round, conference finals, whatever. Um, but if you can work a defensive system that doesn't fully depend on one wing, then you're I, th- I think that you're just setting yourself up for further success down the line. Yeah. Uh, uh, at Pepsi United asked about the officiating rule. We talked about that. Um, thank you guys for your questions. We appreciate you guys sending those in. Thanks for listening to our show. Uh, you can follow Michele on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow his project at chart underscore side. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our podcast at down to dunk. 
please take some time to leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, it means a lot to us. It's really simple, especially if you have an iPhone, just click on that purple podcast app, search down to dunk and you can just hit five stars. Boom. Done. So if you haven't done that yet, I still, I know that there are tons of people that haven't done that yet. Um, but if you could do that, that would be very helpful. Uh, we have our live podcast this Saturday, October 13th. It's from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. at the press. It's going to be super fun. Uh, I know that guys like John Hamm and Brett Dawson and Royce Young are going to come out um, and do segments. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get remote segments in. If if so, like we'll have McKelly and Alex on too. I don't really, I don't know quite how that will work. Uh, but if I can make that work, uh, we'll do that as well. Uh, hope you guys just have a great day. Also, I have my, uh, my new radio show on CBS Sports Radio here locally. Uh, it's at 105.3 FM. It's going to be this Thursday night will be up the first uh, edition of that. It's from 6 to 8 p.m. So if you could listen to that, I'll also be sending out a link that you can listen to online. So if you... Uh, don't live in Oklahoma City. I can send. I'll send out the link via Twitter and probably on my Facebook page as well. So if you could listen to that, that would be wonderful. Hope you guys have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>